podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Drinking is, is stealing tomorrow's happiness. <laughs> it's true. You go through way more pain. It's stealing tomorrow's <laughs> happiness. Getting pissed today. But it does make you happy on the day. No, not always. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around fancy Premier League. My name's Serge. And my name is James. Before we get into Premier League, let's just do it with AFCON. Because Nico behind the camera, is there fantasy AFCON, bro? Yeah, yeah there Are is. Are you playing? There is. There is a fantasy AFCON, yeah, yeah. Are you playing, Nico? You loaded your team, brother, with Cape, Cape Verde, Verde players. Because Nico is Cape Verde all the way. They beat Ghana. Which I'm so happy about because my boy Kudus can come back earlier than otherwise. Ain't out yet, mate. Yeah, I know, but it's more chance they'll go out now than there was before. Go on, Cape Verde. It's I all, think it's because also, of Nico, they are my African team now. A Kenya in it? They uh, no, no. Kenya so Cape never Verde qualified. is the one. Cape no. Verde, come on. That's also Salah's group. Is it? And, and they drew two two yesterday with Mozambique. So one. So actually, would I rather Kudus comes back? for West Ham or Salah comes back for my fantasy team because I still own Salah for reasons that we'll get into. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what those reasons are, Sitch. Oh, I think I'd rather have Salah, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Salah still in your FPL team, Sitch? Oh, mate, Elephant what a in day the room. Friday. What a day, Friday. Uh, I missed the deadline, didn't I? We know, well, those who watch my deadline stream will know. I yeah. missed the deadline. Or, Second or, one of the or season. Or if they follow you on Twitter. Second one of the season. This time, though, for a change. Only, only averaging one in 10 weeks now. <laughs> uh, which was the first one? Midweek one? I don't know, mate. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, it was one of them Fridays where I, my work diary was just back to back to back to back. And, like, to the extent that I hadn't diarised the diff show said so you'd whatsapp me and uh said oh uh, yeah gonna be ready for the diff show shortly i was like i haven't put it in my diary and i'm in the middle of a one-to-one with a member of the team which i then was like politely you know what there's a bit of time in the afternoon between 3 30 and 4 30 is it right if we just pause this and and do it a bit later because uh i'm gonna catch up with james they were like yeah 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 cool no worries so i thought okay fine to ditch them and then disgraceful boss behavior and uh Knowing that we talked about the fact that I was going to miss the deadline, just and I told Clayton in our meeting at four as well. I was like, Clayton, I've got to do my uh, minus fifty six in our meeting. Make sure I do. Did he? No, that's a disciplinary on the way. And uh, it was only when you rang me, and then I, by then I'd, I was taking the kids to uh, their class, and I was like, damn, I missed it. And Literally, I, I was. It's the first was, time. Normally, I don't care. It's the first time I've cared. I know why you were bothered, though. You were bothered, though, because you. I think it was a, a, a hanging over of. We, we had a podcast timed, and you didn't write, write down what it, the time of it was. Yeah, yeah. And it, so it was your more. Day spiraled. Yeah, like I care less about missing the deadline for FPL and more about my own personal organisational yeah. of the day. You were and also of I'm, your own day. I'm resentful of like, this is the thing, I'm annoyed with the staff that I had to have meetings with throughout the day because why am I solving all their problems? Bastard people. No, yeah, I get it. But it was just a case of bad planning on the day. I'm more annoyed at myself than I am at anything else. 100%. It's but also... 
Yeah, and I'm less bothered about the FPL deadline. But there's a little bit about me that wants to actually try and do better at this game. Well, yeah, me too. Um, look, it can happen to people on a Friday. I think what you and the fifteen six fifteen as well was the annoying thing. If yeah. it was six thirty, I'd have been all right. But it was the six fifteen that messed me up. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if it would have, mate, because I called you at six fifteen because someone had put your name in the sh- in the stream I was doing uh, at six fourteen, yeah. and I went. Oh yeah, shit! Right. I know he's going to miss the deadline. Yeah, let me let yeah, me call yeah, him yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you might have still missed it, mate. Even if it had been six thirty, I was a bit annoyed. So you've missed a Friday you. deadline and a midweek deadline now. Yeah, so, so far. you need to find a solution to a this. solution for you. Like we always say, with, I think move early. With, yeah, with weeks like this, we always say like you know Don't wait for early. your team news if you can and stuff like that. Particularly yes on sort of Tuesday or Friday deadlines. But if you're if you're going to be in a position where you're going to miss something then you're better off going on the day, you know, booking out 10 minutes at lunchtime Just or something like that. Just get it like done that. early. And if it, if, it, if it, I'd rather get it done and uh, it go wrong for whatever reason, someone doesn't play, than not have it, have done it. I think, I think so. But then looking at it as a blessing, I've got two frees going into this week to solve my problems. Like this week, I've Did got... Did you have two frees? No, I had one free. Okay. So, right, okay. So, uh... But, I mean, it doesn't help. When it's, you see Salah and Trent on play. your bench, it's like, I've got £27 million on my bench this it's, week. It's not the worst play until we find out who your captain is this well, week. Well, this is it, right? So, Friday night, I was pretty annoyed for the best part of two to three hours. Uh, I had to go to the pub on Friday night. My my cousins departed to Thailand for a year. So, we was having, like, I'm off, see you later, drink. So, I went down to the pub. I thought, okay, whatever. It's, I'm, I'm over it now. I got my overhaul team sorted. So, I was happy enough with that Sky Fantasy Football for those who don't play. That was done. I thought, oh, I'm fairly comfortable with that. And then I woke up on Saturday morning and logged into FPL. And I saw that the arm, auto armband was on Thomas Socek. <laughs> and the vice is on Solanke. <laughs> But how, so the previous week, my captain's armband was on Salah. And the vice was on Alvarez, I think, from the previous yeah, but it week. It looks like. Yeah, but you've, you've, you've no, got, the vice was on Solanke and it was on Salah. Yeah, but so Salah's not, so, Salah's not sitting in your team, is he? No. So you've, you've obviously taken him out for Suchek yeah, 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 yeah. and not moved the captaincy. So <laughs> by doing that, they've left the armband on Socek. So now, this is the week that Thomas Socek's going to score a hat-trick. It's inevitable. Well, he might have to play up front. You've got no forwards, have you? <laughs> That's also Although, very true. Although, word overnight is Jared Bowen might even be back. Okay, good, good, good. Mm. Don't mind that at all. So, I've ended up, yeah, annoyed again. But, do you know what? With things like this, it helped. Uh, it helps that Cole Palmer has returned. And so has Porro. And so is Richarlison. So, um, I mean, they're relatively highly owned. They're all in the... 20 to 30 percent category so i'm not making the most amount of ground but i'm definitely not losing ground so far this week there'll be plenty that have uh, armbanded the likes of foden or watkins who have blanked so far so that means that that pain is not there i only think really now the big pain will be uh, an arsenal attacking asset going off like saka mm. or a jotter or a nunez that people might have gone with as an attacking asset going off as well so the damage won't be devastating, I don't think. I mean, it, look, a hat-trick coming in from someone and a 30-pointer could, yeah, obviously be a big problem. But 
look, we are essentially halfway through the game week, right? Correct. So there's not a huge amount of point looking at, you know, game week ranks and stuff like that at the moment. I mean, take the literal last game week and those swings on that Liverpool-Newcastle game, right? Yep, completely. So, yeah, something like Saka hauling at the weekend is going to make a major dent in someone like you who hasn't got at all and is going to give someone like me who's captained him a major kick, right? Yep. So those with Captain Palmer, I think, have probably had the, the best start to the weekend. You're right, you, you've got little bits covered off there. We haven't done too badly. What, is that, what points are you actually 31. on? 31. 31. From how many played? Uh, seven, I think. No, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. Seven. Yep. So you've got Captain Socek, Captain Socek Solanke. Dominic Solanke, Gabriel and Ariola. Okay, fine. I think three of those four are the same as so we've got. So I'm on... I think our difference now is basically Saka captain versus Socek captain. I'm on... Uh, that's amusing. You're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this plays out. Can, I, can stars, I just say as well, what you haven't said, you said to me that your intention was to buy Jota and Captain Jota. Yeah. So you could have done that and it easily could be a one-pointer, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have captained Jota. If I had made a transfer, it was Salah to Jota, play Jota, drop Socek and captain Jota. And that would have been cojones to captain Jota who's not even playing until next weekend. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm on uh, 20 points or 23 points or 26 points or 29 points. Um, and I don't know which one yet because I started Trent and I started Jared Bowen, which I think particularly in Bowen's case... Um, he's not 100% out for Sunday so for me it's like how do I feel if I bench him and then he's starting at Sheffield United I'm like, yeah I think I you done? did the right thing some people might call it shithousery but I think you did the right no, thing no 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 it's not shithousery because I, I want him to, there, I want though, him to well. play I left Trent in which I know is like a 1% chance but same thing the game's not till the next weekend yeah yeah if the games had been this weekend I obviously wouldn't have bothered doing yeah, that yeah yeah um, so I've got Bailey as a potential Bowen replacement, three points, or Pedro Porro, six points as a potential replacement for Trent. You benched Porro. Yeah, well, I did because I got Trent. I got Gusto's five points, and I've got Gabriel still Ooh. to play as well. Gusto's lucky I've got five Cole points. Palmer's 10. I don't quite know uh, how from that thriller. Did you watch Newcastle City? Uh, only the highlights. What a so great game. Yeah. How I've only got four points from Alfred and Foden. I don't know. I bought Foden and Palmer for Salah and Son. Uh, I've got exactly nine million in the bank uh, and had worked out on a plan quite comfortably to get Holland and, and Salah back in across the next four game weeks or so. But uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Of course. <laughs> Man needs to visit the barbers for a he's bit of a made, trim. He's made everyone shit themselves, basically. Yeah. But quite rightly. Well, because rightly, we know because the capability. The delivery of the is outstanding. The, cap- the, the finish was good. Didn't catch it the cleanest, but the that placement of the the shot in the bottom corner. The shot, yeah. The thing is, his angle. But he does that a lot. His angle of his body shape. He can only put the ball there. He can't yeah, even yeah. get underneath it to put it top in. He can only put it bottom but corner. Someone like him, you know, it's coming. You the still can't stop it. Percentage chance of that is is very high. Like you'd back him to score more than not in those kind of situations. Outstanding. Um, so, look, him coming on, and we know a few people gambled early, and we had a laugh about it last week because he himself said, I'm not, I'm not ready to start yet. Yep. So, those who got the points, like, well done. Um, but I'd suggest those moving early now, I would recommend waiting because it's a very, very big game for Manchester City to get through before game week 22. And it's not a, oh, he can't get injured. But I think more importantly, we'll have an indication once it's done whether KDB is likely to start game week 22 or not. And, and because I didn't go early with my Salah replacement, 
he is tempting. I'm not going to lie. He is tempting. Well, this is the and thing, I didn't, right? And I'm not doubled up with Foden, so... So KDB wasn't part of my plan, but here's the reality. If I think he's going to start against Burnley, and Manchester City have got, what, three home games out of the next four, which we now know, for those who've missed it, double game week, game week 25, as we thought would happen, is on. The City-Brentford game goes in there. So you've got three home games in the next four... I think even if you go 26 Bournemouth away, they've got like four of the next five at home or so maybe. So if that's right in front of your face, with money in the bank, in my case, having already sold Salah, and I think he's going to start against Burnley, I'll put him in, I think. Yep. I've got, not only that, he probably gets the armband as well under that circumstance, if I think he's going to start against Burnley. What about uh, Erling Haaland? Where's he in terms of coming back? Do we know? So the latest word following the weekend was um, Pep said, hopefully the end of the month now. Yeah. So City again due to play Tottenham Friday the 26th of January in the FA Cup fourth round. Then the Burnley game is Wednesday the 31st of January. It's obviously a Tuesday deadline. You will get a Pep Tuesday press conference before that deadline. Um, so same thing. I mean, for me, it would just be, if I thought the two of them were both going to start, it would be, for me, it would probably, it would it would have to be Saka would be the one I'd have to go to De Bruyne as part of getting Alvarez in for Haaland. Now, I could afford to do it off Bowen, I think, just about, um, but it, it kills me on the next moves, basically, as part of a roundabouts where I get in Salah back. But I have looked at something now, Suj, that over the next... Four game weeks running into 25 that I could get De Bruyne, Haaland and Salah in and not sacrifice Trent either. Right. So I'd be going probably like a Garnacho and a 4.5 forward. So this is why I'd put in the poll last week about considering being in template players. So to me, the only way really that would I would have to lose Ollie Watkins, which I don't want to do with Villa's fixture run. Lee Jackson's coming on COTC this week, so I'll put the case to him, and I'm sure he'll say, no, keep hold of Watkins. He had like six shots yesterday, just didn't go in for him. But that might have to be the one. If if the Liverpool double happens in 25 as well, then to set a team up that could have Salah, Trent, Foden, De Bruyne, Haaland, it's probably got to be done. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I I can go Alvarez to Holland, Salah to De Bruyne, and that leaves me enough to keep Trent for now. I wouldn't be able to get back to Salah because I don't have enough money, and I'm obviously much tighter on budget than than you are. But I think Trippier might be my sacrifice there potentially. But they're um, just about to come into good fixtures after their own game at Villa. Yeah, yeah I understand that. So, but I think uh, powering into De Bruyne Holland could be really interesting um, for the next few. My instinct at the moment is that Haaland probably won't play against Burnley at the moment. So there's even more reason to think, what am I going to do? Sit with his nine million in the bank when I can look at getting Kevin De Bruyne in, like I said, maybe the armband. The flip is, we should calm down. He's played 20 minutes. We've seen how good he can be in those 20 minutes, but it's also against a tired, fatigued Newcastle who were holding on to a lead. He's played in a very offensive position when he's came on, come on. And I think as he's ageing, I think we'll get that more and more where he goes into the first line of defence when City are without the ball. So he's staying in higher positions. But the reality is he's played 20 minutes. And, and scored he, a goal and, and might, assisted. No, I know. But yeah, he's brutal. not going to do that every time he plays 20 minutes. And no. there's no guarantee that even by the time Burnley comes round that they'll be throwing him in the team. And part of that is because 
the rest of the City players are playing really well. Like, Phil Foden was outstanding. Bernardo Silva scored a goal, had another shot I mean, that all, was good all save. All five goals in that game were outstanding. I think a lot of goals over the weekend, to be honest, even in your game, were, were decent goals um, and decent finishes. It seemed a, a weekend of decent... Some, some questionable defending in my game. Yeah, but I mean, the finish, Hoyland's finish was good. Oh, yeah, Benson Cole's finish it. was very good. He took it really early and well. I thought the... The goals over Anana the weekend. stance looked like he was walking like an Egyptian. Yeah, You've seen yeah. it. But I don't think he would have stood much of a chance because he hit it that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about some of these games and shall we? Let's do it. Burnley won, Luton won. I'm going to guess Saved that's, by the bell. That's not, the that's not, uh, well, it wasn't saved by Amari no, Bell. Saved, saved by, by VAR. By, <laughs> I take you, because you were out, you didn't watch this, I'm assuming. No, I don't I suppose didn't, it was high on your Friday night. I mean, I, I bought. Trafford and captained him in Sky, so I was very keen to see what was going on in terms of uh, clean sheet for Burnley. And so for that to be wiped out in that way, it sucks, man. Foul or no foul? Foul. All day long, mate. Foul. All foul. day long, foul. that's foul. a foul. There are situations where if he's not, if he's just standing there, not trying to get out of the way and the keeper runs into him, yep. then there are situations where something similar would not be a foul, but he is... He steps towards Steps him. towards the keeper. He's... Making an attempt to stop the keeper. That's a foul all day long. But I don't understand why VAR then... I, I, I think... What, what, what's the problem? Here's what I think. I think they decided to give the goal because they thought Trafford wasn't getting there anyway. And I think there's a case to say that that might be correct. But I'm sorry, it's a foul on the goalkeeper. You can't say he's not impeded. I actually think... Just remove it. People say, our oh, goalkeeper's too protected. I think we can all agree with that. But I actually think if that's the centre-back going to win the header in that moment and Adebayo does the same thing, it's a foul. You know, like when a striker's going through on goal, they kick the ball ahead of them and then they get wiped out. That's a foul, right? But they don't then say, well, I don't think he would have got the ball and, and scored, so therefore it's irrelevant. It's still a foul, right? If a striker's running through on goal, kicks the ball ahead, the defender comes and takes him out, do they then say, well, was he going to get the ball and fire a shot off? Nah, fine, left it. The ball was too far ahead but of him. I think That's on some of these, they are, they are using this consequence on things, i.e., was he going to get there anyway? Because they're, they're looking for, like, serious errors, right? That's what they're looking for. So they could look at it and go, it's a foul, but they're looking at it and going, well, if he weren't going to get there, Morris would have scored anyway. You, you can't determine, and that's definitely true. I don't for, think. For that situation, I definitely think you can't, because no. it was close. I agree with you completely. Like, if Adebayo just turns his back and stands there, and even if he puts his arms out, and then Trafford's got to, it's Trafford's responsibility to get Correct. him out of the way, that's Correct. Trafford's problem. But he absolutely steps into him. And there's no reason for him to take that step, because he's not moving in any direction towards the ball. So, yeah, it should have been disallowed. That said, I think Luton were pretty good value, for the point, had over 60% of the ball in the game, Suj, and played really well. And the two wing-backs were extremely lively. We've spoken about, obviously, Alfie Doughty quite yeah, a bit. Another assist. He's doing well at the moment. I mean, just... it certainly wasn't his best cross of the season for the goal. He's just hung one up, hasn't he, like, yeah. really late in the game. Well, whipping him in. Um, they, but he played left wing-back, which I'd said, because Issa Kabore was going to AFCON, I was concerned he'd end up going back on the right and they'd play for Giles, and I thought it might diminish his prospects a little bit. Him staying on the left is good. Look, if you want to invest in him, it's fine. All I urge people to do is just, again, double-check yourselves for game week 26. And by game week 22, we will know if Liverpool Luton's going to be played in 26 or not. We won't definitely know if it's going to be in 25 or not. We can definitely know if it's going to be in 26 or not. And you should be aware of that. The only challenge, I just don't like the fixtures, mate. 
Uh, I think their fixture run is is okay. Brighton, actually. Newcastle, then Sheffield United, but then Man United, Liverpool, honest, Villa. With him, they're going to lose five of the next six, mate. You're putting him in the category. Yeah, yeah. Attacking returns. Yes. I don't expect any clean sheets out exactly of him at any it. given time. Exactly it. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're looking for an offensive defender under the sort of four point six value range, that's the one that probably springs to mind most. Ogbené played on the, on the right. And to be honest, as you played more like wingers than wing backs, I thought he was outstanding actually, right wing back. He really gave Burnley some troubles. He played with um it was Jordan Clark's first game of the season that he'd started, had a bad injury. You might remember he scored in the playoff final against Coventry. Thought he underwhelmed a little bit, to be honest. The two in midfield played really well, Laconga and, and Barkley. I think the back three of um Mengi, Osha and Bell are quite settled now. They've got everyone fit now, bar Nakamba and obviously Tom Lockyer. And who knows, there might be information over the next couple of weeks that makes Luton's position in the league look a lot stronger. We're expecting Everton and Nottingham Forest maybe to be um, advised to an independent commission today. And there could be more points deduction incoming for Everton. Don't want to talk about we it. We covered Nottingham Forest last week on Money and Football on Patreon. You don't want to talk about it? No, it's, it's, anno- it's annoying me, to be honest with you. You want to get something off your chest? No, it's just... Um Everton are going to get, what, another points deduction for the next financial year. Nottingham Forest are going to get another points deduction for, for this, are going to get a points deduction for this year. Like, some of the stuff that we've seen going on with the finances of football clubs, with the likes of Man City, but we, we target them because they've got 115 cases. But we've seen, even at Fulham, with fake advertising sponsorship contracts, with companies that don't exist, right? Say Forrest's loss is 20 million. Well, some people are putting through fake advertising contracts for 20 million that are artificially inflating their revenue, that are making sure that they don't make a loss. Why did you come for Fulham today? Well, they were... They were um, <laughs> They're not the only ones, by yeah, the way. I'm not, it's just an example of a yeah. smaller club where we always say, well, what about City? What about City? Or what about Chelsea and their FF play? It happens all the way down, right? There are other clubs at it. And they're not looking at that like in the same way as Everton or Forest could have done some dodgy dealings like that to manipulate their books with weird sponsorship and advertising deals. I'm just a bit frustrated that I don't know if they're doing a good enough job with this FFP. And I feel for Everton and I feel for Forest because they're getting punished and there are other clubs that are doing similar shit. And like you said, you don't like mid-season points deductions. Not a fan of it at all. I, I just... When, when I saw again that they're going after Everton again and Forrester are in for it, look, if they've broken the rules, they've broken the rules. But what I don't like is it's not a fair playing field because other clubs are doing other shady shit and then some clubs are getting points deductions and some not. And if then Everton and Forrest go down as a result of it, I'm going to be a bit annoyed. So I just don't like it, basically, at the moment. I don't like it. I need to do a bit more reading and research on what's going on with the FFP. Let's, let's see what happens. That's it, only it will speculation in a pod, today. No doubt. And listen, they might get um, slap on the recommended wrist. to an independent commission, and they might not get points deductions. Worth saying, right? At the moment, none of us know the financial results of either club, so we we could only speculate at this moment in time. In any case, sorry, we digress. Um, Burnley, big opportunity missed. Um, Lowe Foster played, which was a good news, but had no Jordan Bayer or Charlie Taylor. There, uh, we had a lot of questions about Charlie Taylor. Somebody on my deadline stream said that they'd heard that Charlie Taylor was out for two months. 
Now, I suspect this is less relevant information for people now, if that info is correct, and I'm not sure that it is, because in their next four, City have games against Arsenal, Manchester City and Liverpool. So quite what use that would have been for you going forward, I'm not sure. Um, but he could be looking at a prolonged spell out. I think Ekdal may even stay in the team going forward with, with Jordan Bayer. But what really surprised me, I think, Suj, was how little control of the game they really had. Mm. I mean, for Luton to have that, that amount possession. of possession yeah. is really surprising. Think back to when the two teams had the rearranged game earlier in the season. Um, for our Skypods, we were looking at the Burnley defenders in terms of hitting passing numbers because we expected them to have 60-65% of the ball. It's not happening. I think it's an ongoing trend with Burnley. Less control of the game. But they're having better chances in games because of this movement to more of a four-four-two system. Um, and I know there's a few people out there. Wilson Udebert. Yeah, there are some people around him. Want their assist, FPL Towers. Um, you're not going to get it, unfortunately, because, um, although I believe you should get it, uh, their definition is that if the cross doesn't take the deflection off of Osho, it doesn't go to Anduni. And that's probably correct. But it's mad harsh because quite clearly it's an assist for a goal, as far as I'm concerned. So... Yeah, a little bit unlucky there. I think um, big psychological blow for, for Burnley. I liked Vincent Company's interviews afterwards. Did you see Rob Edwards' one? No, I didn't they see showed, So Rob Edwards come and joined the TNT guys and he, they showed him the replay back the first time. And he basically laughed because he knows. So, oh, well, might have got away with one there. No shit. Yeah, I mean, he himself knew it was a foul. I think most people who... No football, no, that's that's a foul. Vincent Company, he handled himself pretty well, but they're in big trouble. Human, now. understandably. Yeah, you would you would way more fancy Lewin to get out of it than Burnley at this minute in time. Huge home win for Chelsea, one nil. Uh, based on the fact that, like, I would say it's still very early, but there is murmurings of pressure on uh, Pochettino now. There. Yeah, so a few of the fans and turned following the Middlesbrough result. Yeah, it it, it is not all great gravy or whatever you'd say there at Chelsea but they've Cole won, Palmer they've won three league games in a row Cole Palmer whoop, whoop. is a is a real shining light in that team at the moment oh yeah and um, I think there's a certain satisfaction of taking him from City at a price and they're like ha ha you let him go I do think there's a certain satisfaction in that for, for Chelsea I was thinking about their best f- midfield and say they're going to play a 4-2-3-1 like a a, a double pivot of Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez, with Cole Palmer in front, Raheem Sterling on one side, and Kunku on the other, and Jackson up top. Is that good enough? Well, has it been so far this season? You left Conor Gallagher out of that. Well, this is it. Like what? 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 Okay, I mean, so that, Conor Gallagher in number ten. That was more of a four, Palmer out right, four, three, and Kunku three. up top. It was more of a four-three-three at the weekend because they feel a bit lightweight deeper. to me. But they're young, aren't they? Yeah, I, I don't feel like there's a, p- a lot of power. In- They're all individually good players. There's a collective six players or five players. Whatever. It doesn't still feel like they've got a lot of strength. They're all young. Yeah. Like Enzo Fernandez even has barely played like 100 league games. Same as yeah. Moise Casado, I think, may- maybe hasn't. And I'm, talk- I'm referring to even before Brighton, pre, for example. Pre, right? uh, so, UK, I mean, they're all still young, aren't they? Bartiago Silva and... And Raheem Sterling. So I think that that in itself is always obviously going to bring on some inconsistencies. They have won three games in a row. We should credit that. That said, Palace at home, Fulham at home and Luton away are three games that I think any should team be. in the top 10, 10 would be saying I want a minimum seven and probably nine points from that set of fixtures. But 
Chelsea's inconsistencies have been for so long and meant that they haven't done that, right? So they put themselves in a... I think they're above Newcastle now, aren't they? Mm. What's your thoughts on uh, Gusto got away with one there, do you? Yeah, red card for me. Yeah, that angle of the foot coming down, I don't think... It's yeah, no I, I, this is what pisses people, and I own Gusto in FPL. This by is the way. a yellow card can't be reviewed issue. Is that what you're going to say? No, uh, no. The issue is that I just think it's a different VAR next week, and they'll give a red card yeah. for it. Inconsistency, then. It's exactly. We've seen challenges like that this season, and generally, I think they've been punished with red cards. Um, and I think he uh, and us who own him in FPL have been very, very lucky there. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have complained if he'd been sent off, and I don't think Chelsea fans particularly could have. Either. So, no, not a good challenge. Um, could have done the player damage as well. I think it's one of them. I mean, if you if you look at that, the Calvert-Lewin, which was rescinded, but the Calvert-Lewin challenge versus that Gusto one, again, none, if you said to 99% of football fans, watch these two challenges, which one do you think is a red card? And the Calvert-Lewin one gets gets uh, recommended for a red card and the Gusto one doesn't. This is what pisses people off. So, yeah, he, he was he was very lucky. I think um, Fulham had decent moments in the game. I think Chelsea were worried a little bit towards the end of the game. Um, it wasn't a great spectacle, which I'm not surprised about because the two teams obviously had the semi-finals in midweek as well, whereas majority of other teams obviously had a, a full week to prepare and go into this. Harry Wilson played on the right for Fulham. Kenny Tete coming up right back, which is one to note for those who still got Castagneda. I think those two might flip a little bit. Fulham obviously could themselves miss game week 26 at Manchester United if they turn around the Carabao Cup tie against Liverpool. But I don't think we're looking at Fulham specifically at the moment. Is Nico gone upstairs and started playing some videos? I have no idea. Very random noises Yo, coming Nico. out Yo, Nico! <laughs> <laughs> he just called one of his queens or something. Um, yeah, Jimenez might be an option for me, though, because of his, his price and finding a little bit of money. I can see that sort of move... I don't want to say popular, but something like Watkins Jimenez. I can see that sort of move being used by people over the next couple of weeks, particularly if obviously Fulham don't reach the Carabao Cup final. Their fixture run isn't terrible when it is price. He's a reasonable get, Raul Jimenez. Otherwise, no real interest in them at the moment. And there'd be no interest for me, Chelsea, now. I've got Palmer. I've got Gusto. be no way I'd be adding a third. Yeah, I'm not looking at any Chelsea, to be, to be honest, or Fulham. Uh, to add into they my go team to Liverpool moment. next yeah, as well, Chelsea. Uh, we talked about there's not um, Newcastle two, Manchester City three. Like Great comeback game. kings, I think anybody uh, like the rest of the league up there at the top are looking at it, thinking, "Oh man, this is City doing what they do, isn't it?" Now they're going to go on a run, back up to second in the table. If you're if you're Villa or Arsenal behind them, as soon as you're chasing. It's not yeah, nice. Yeah. As soon as you're chasing, it's just not nice. And again, like, no, no KDB, no Erling Haaland, who you'd say on paper are probably their two best players. Maybe Rodri might argue the case that he's up there at that level. Um, oh, yeah, what do you do? Now, I was going to ask you a question. Do you think missing Edison now, though, could potentially be a problem. But we think he might because, be right. Oh, okay. It wasn't yeah. too bad then. Because the two goals that Newcastle scored were good finishes, don't get me wrong, but I didn't know whether you think Ortega should have, could have done better Harsh. getting across a little bit. Harsh. Would Ed- Edison have let him Ed- in? Edison would be a miss. Ortega is 3.8, by the way, as I no, tweeted thanks. at the time. No, thanks. But if Edison was out long term, you've got to consider it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I would not consider any City defensive player at the moment 
But if you've got if you've got three point eight goalkeeper for the best yeah, yeah, team I in the league, hundred percent, and you've got doubles and good fixtures coming 100%. up, you'd have to you'd have to consider it. But Edison messaged himself after the game and said, um, "No drama, won't be out for long." So certainly not a long term, I don't think, at this stage, unless something shows up in a scan. Um, I'll, I'll credit uh, our Arsenal correspondent Adam Pritchard I think in terms of catching City he summed it up well when he tweeted I much preferred the blissful ignorance of forgetting City had KDB and actually thinking Arsenal could win the league yes and that's what you mean once you're behind you go oh jeez ain't catching them and it's not like St James's Park has been a bit of a fortress for a little while now and to be able to come back and just knock on the door so relentlessly towards the end and then get over the line as well and they deserve to win as well by the way the game, the game was a brilliant game of football. Yeah. And it, and it ended with the right conclusion because City think, deserved to win. Um, but that's game state a little bit as well, right? Where because Newcastle have gone 2-1 up, they, they're they going to invite City, are going to then be banging on the door. Yeah, yeah I, get again. I get and that. And if City had been 2-1 up, they might have completely taken the foot off the gas and then you'd be like, okay, well, they didn't really... A City missed chances, particularly Alvarez missed some mm. sitters, really. So, yep. And it's not to say Newcastle defended badly. I think whoever you are playing against City, you're always liable to give up some opportunities. Next year three for City. All right. That's, that's big, right? Mm. To go to St. James's and put post that, mm. yeah, it's good. Look at You're looking there at the, um, the dominance of the game. Yeah, it's, there's a little green mountain for, for Newcastle there at just before half-time, but that's yeah. it. The, the game sparked into life pretty much off the, the Bernardo Silva goal. Because obviously the Edison injury, which was a d- disallowed Newcastle goal, and unfortunately the linesman does have to keep his flag down. That's what he's told. Um, obviously led to the injury. And then straight from that, City passed back to Edison and Newcastle nearly scored again because he was in trouble. And that's why they took him off. Because he was struggling, right? You, can, you could almost carry a passenger and give him three, four minutes to maybe get over the problem. With a goalkeeper, what are you, you going to do? You can't. Especially the way City you play. Yeah, yeah. So they decided to take him off, which I think was the right decision. Um, and then from there, the game had a little bit of a lull. In fact, it felt like a good 15 minutes before City kind of got territory in Newcastle's final third. They scored this brilliant goal um, from Bernardo Silva. Wonderful flick. And then... Yeah. Well, I reckon, because you, you, you obviously mentioned about the Oscar Bob, Bob goal. I think Bernardo's finish was better than Bob's. In terms of its execution, which one would it be easier for me or you to perform? Bob's. Probably, yeah. I think if Bernardo tries reckon, that 10 times, he the, might get it twice. I reckon the first touch gets away from us, though. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but I think if Bernardo tried that 10 times, he might get it once or twice. Whereas if Bob tries that 10 times, he'll get it three or four times. Like, there's more chance of him being able to repeat it than Bernardo being able to repeat that flick. Uh, I don't know. I think there'd be probably a split views on that, actually, in terms yeah. of the execution. For, for me, Just because I mean, Bernardo opinion, is one right? touch and Oscar Bob is three touches. Yeah, it's, it's an opinion, but I... I I like to. See, I thought his finish was great. I love those yeah, kind of little flicks. Brilliant goal. Yeah. And then Newcastle scored these two stunning counter-attacking goals, both brilliantly finished by Isak and Anthony Gordon, Gordon respectively. Um, Carl Walker, particularly on the Gordon goal, absolutely bizarre. If you watch it back, Ruben Diaz is like, "Come on, go out to him," and Diaz gets back into position way more than Walker. So Diaz is out running Walker. Right. Well, that should never be happening, should it? No. And eventually he decides to go out there and he lets him come inside and shoot. It was really strange and bizarre. I got a point I'd like to make on Carl Walker in a bit as well, though. Um, and City had good chances in the second half. And like I said, that King Kev's come on. Big game Kev, as we always like to call him. 
and has obviously settled the game with a brilliant goal himself, which is very well worked by Rodri to manipulate the situation for him, but it's then all his own work to finish it. And he's obviously played this, I'm going to say ridiculous pass. It's not. It's a brilliant kind of cross pass from that kind of half-space position that he loves. And Bob's finish, I, I think it blew me because it was his first Premier League goal. That's why I was right. like, oh, wow. Mm. So you've got that composure to do that in the 91st minute. And plus, Pep had brought him on rather than Grealish, right? Yeah. So it's shown like a real bit of little faith in him. So that's an extra attacking body that I think City can now consider as part of their ranks going forward. He will now, to the Manchester City fans, feel like a real part of that squad. And he may have beforehand, in fairness. But the fact that he's notched an important moment, okay, He's a part of this now. And that's another option that, that they can use. And he's, he's obviously a very good talent. He's only about 18 or 19. He's a teenager. Yeah. Teenager, kid. So really good talent that they've got coming through. It's players like him is part why maybe they let someone like Cole Palmer go, right? Mm. Um, I went to talk about Walker. I went to talk about Vardio. you got sofa score up, Suj. I'd like you to do something from the game, actually. Have a look at City's average positions. From the game, uh, so that would be lineups, average positions, right at the top. Here we Have go. a look at the cities ones. That's Newcastle's, mate. Have a look at cities. Oh. Press the city badge, you plunker. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of the nicest ones you'll look at all season. Just looks smooth, doesn't it? Yeah. It's basically a, a two, two five, five two, two one. one. Yeah, basically. So we, when you're lining City up in this, you're probably looking at more of a four three three slash four two three one, depending on. Um, your, your, your persuasion, how you prefer it, basically. But what we're getting now is with no John Stones, and I think obviously importantly, no Manuel Kanji available at the weekend, is this is happening more and more with Gavardia and Walcom, their positioning. So we've seen quite often City move, move into a, a back three in possession, where you'd have like John Stones moving from centre-back into midfield, or a Kanji's done it, or in the past, they've used the full-back, go back to Yuzinchenko days and stuff like that. They've used the full-back to do that sort of thing. So at the moment, that's not happening. They're finding extra men by moving in within the front players. So you've got Bernardo Silva's basically moving from kind of a right-wing, right-sided midfield free position to go and play where he wants. Kovacic sitting with, with Rodri. Rodri can go between the centre-backs, get the ball. And the two full-backs going, going on further and higher. Foden is floating in this kind of right 10 half space where at some points he looks like he's right winger. Other points he looks like a, a number 10. They can swap positions with Alvarez where he wants to drop short as well. And they're finding the extra man in offensive phases. This is a change from what we've been seeing for a lot of the last couple of years. And it might just be at the moment down to missing personnel. But I mention it because now we've got this City double. Not everyone's going to be in a blessed position where they might be able to go a fully fit De Bruyne, Haaland and Foden if they're all available. Some will be looking at defensive players. And I think Cole Walker and Josko Vardiol for that should now really need monitoring, actually. Vardiol gets himself in some really interesting positions. Yeah, it's Walker's cross, right, for the Walker first goal. Walker only feels like he's going to be six-point Cole Walker. And he was still he in just, this game. He, he, but he's got he, the assist yeah, rather than the clean yeah, sheet. yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, particularly Guardiola might be worth watching now. Now, they can always change that where Akanji comes back, Aki plays as the left back, and then Aki sits in and they move Akanji in from centre-back to midfield. So, I mean, what people will want in a City defensive asset if they want one for the double is, is he going to play twice? Well, God knows. But I think particularly Guardiola might be worth keeping an eye on at the moment. Three best City, is it, is it that, Suj, now? Foden, well, Haaland and De Bruyne, if Haaland's back. 
Foden, Holland, De Bruyne, probably. Like I, I feel uh, disrespectful disregarding Alvarez, but I don't know if he'll start getting rotated out a little bit more now. He's been. I'm, I'm going to have lot. a look for advanced tier patrons later this week on talking tactics at the impact on specifically those two players of De Bruyne and those minutes towards the end of the game. I think the direct impact for Alvarez at the moment now will be Haaland's fitness. So the irony is that I think a lot of people will have set up their bus teams. Have you, Serge? Nope. Maybe you should do that. Yeah. Uh, set up their bus teams with Alvarez captain, and yet they might end up selling him. Yep. If the big man up front is looking like he's going to be back. So, yeah, even with even just for City at the moment, it's probably worth waiting before diving in. And I know Kevin De Bruyne is going to get absolutely steamed into. His value is going to go up irrespective because of what he's done. But I think the information you can get from that Tottenham game might be quite important for Wams next. Like if De Bruyne was to start against Tottenham and play even an hour, I'd think, okay, yeah. We, we probably need to go and do that. If he's only a sub against Tottenham, I'm not convinced. Would he, to throw him in against Burnley? If they draw with Tottenham in the cup, then they'll probably play Burnley Wednesday, Brentford Saturday, Tottenham Tuesday. Like under that circumstance, De Bruyne's not playing all them. And it might be that De Bruyne plays the league games and doesn't play the cup games, right? It could be that. D- but I just G- think slow w- down a bit. G- double, D- double game Double week, game though. week. Just makes it so much more tempting to go with, uh, with him yeah, though, but it's a double game week. The other thing is, like, what you've got to do is work out a plan, right? So it's all willing, oh, I can afford De Bruyne. And a lot of people will be able to go even say like yourself, Salah to De Bruyne. Is that what you'd have to do? Yeah. Okay. So you go Salah to De Bruyne. I wouldn't have to. It's what I would do. It's what you would do. Yeah. Fine. You need to work out your path back to Mo, right? Mm-hmm. Mo might be back for game week 23. Now it's Arsenal away if that's the circumstance and Egypt's bomb at AFCON. So there's probably not a, oh, I've got to get it done straight away. But it's straight after Arsenal then it's Burnley at home and then it might be Liverpool double as well. So you know that's getting steamed into as well. So it won't be a lot of time to waste. So you need to, if you go to Bruyne, you've just got to be conscious of your, your other players, right? How are you getting to Holland if you don't have? How are you getting a Salah if you don't have? Do you want Trent? Is he a sacrifice? Like, and you don't have to have all these players. Absolutely not at all. But let's put it this way. There'll be some free hits in game week 25 and De Bruyne, Holland. Alexander-Arnold and Salah will be in all of them. Yep. And I suspect the fifth player, from a third City player, would be Foden. And then I guess people would punt sort of Jota or Nunes, Nunes or something, or something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's talk about uh, Everton nil, Villa nil. In the end, a good draw for Everton at home. They needed it after not the greatest run of results, particularly for them. Um, I did speak to a, a mate of mine who's an Everton fan after in the afternoon and he was saying it was t- he described it as typically Everton they ground it out like Aston Villa were definitely the better team um, and probably deserved to win but they were solid defensively dug in and, and did what I they needed Villa to do did quite enough they, they always felt they the were more, the better team they always felt the more likely winner I would say yeah I wouldn't say they, they battered bad them I mean even the XG doesn't I mean, show I that I mean the biggest chance well yeah the, DCL you're going to say that's half of Everton's XG in the game, basically. Probably yeah. even over, actually. Yeah. That's such a massive chance. He's got to score. He's now gone 10 Premier League games without a goal, Calvert-Lewin. Wow. And he's actually missed. I saw this um, on a Scout article, actually, I'm sure. I saw it. Forgive me if I'm quoting this wrong. It's a 0.66 But I think XG, he's, had, way, James. he's had eight big chances in those games, I mm. think. I was thinking so about like that there where you're looking at it. Would... Who, who, Put other strikers in that position, like a t- Tony would score, 
Haller was all the other top strikers in a lot of teams, like even Jared Bowen for us, who's not a striker, I back him to score. That it was disappointing the finish, to be honest with you. And when you back it up with the stats that you just mentioned, actually, I'm like, oh, okay. It's not in the best form. I mean, it's it's 0.66 chance, right? Well, pen's only about 0.10 more than that. Yeah. So it's near enough like a pen, isn't it? Yep. Got a score there, really. It's a decent save from Martinez. And the save afterwards from Ghana was exceptional as well. Um, and I think those who've been on him, there's a few people we were recommending a few weeks ago. It was like, if you're sick of your goalkeeper troubles, this guy will lock you out and sort you out for a long time. And I know there's been people, because like, obviously they didn't keep a clean sheet, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home. Yeah, there'll be people who have benched him this week in favour of Ariola, no doubt about it. That's probably the right decision. It's just the outcome's gone differently. Martinez will still be a good hold for you going forward. Matthew Cash owners, if you're still there. Well, he's nearly ended up winning the game, ironically, towards the end, but again, didn't start. I think um, Tielemans, you've still got Diaby of usage. Tielemans obviously back fit. He's potentially going to have an impact on that. That said, Emery took off Bailey this time before he took off Diaby. So it might be that the problem comes my way for Leon Bailey instead. But for Bailey and Diaby, that's now going to be questionable now because I think when they were having that brilliant little run where they beat Arsenal and City and were well, not dominant against Arsenal, but they obviously were against City, it was better there with Tielemans off of Watkins. And I think that's what he wants to go back to, actually. Uh, Kamara was a little bit of a miss at the weekend. Um, so they could even go Kamara left, McGinn right, Tielemans in with Watkins, and it might be suddenly that neither Bailey or Diaby's in the team. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Cash could be all of them. So Bailey, I've probably got to hold on to now for a prolonged period, I think. So uh, he might be looking at first sub for me for a lot of games coming up. But then I'd look at the next fiction. I think with Bailey against a Newcastle team that's lost six in seven. And I think, by the way, just to add on back to them, Joel Linton is the worst player that they could have lost to injury yep. over this period because they just don't look as physical or powerful without him or as quick. Um, so Newcastle team that's lost six in seven go to Villa next. Do I play Bailey or do I play Palmer at Liverpool? Now, I know the outcome of benching a penalty taker, Cole Palmer tonight. Chelsea have had eight penalties this season. <laughs> wow. Not all scored and not all taken by Palmer. He had like Enzo Fernandez yeah, missed yeah, against yeah, you at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, what do you do there? Bailey at home to Newcastle or Palmer at Liverpool? I think I'd play Palmer, you know. Really? I think I'd play Palmer, yeah. Because I know he's going to play. There is that. I yeah. just know I know he's going to play, whereas I can't take the risk with Bailey. But I also know that... And Newcastle uh, even, aren't that bad. Even, like, if it was a, a bottom half of the table team, which I, actually technically Newcastle might be based on the league, uh, well, I'd say, yeah, sure, go way, Bailey. If but, Wolves win at Brighton on Monday night, Newcastle are in the bottom half. Mm. Grim. Well, Chelsea were only a few weeks ago, so, you know. I mean, their run, that six defeats in sevens, coincided with Pope's injury as well, wasn't it? Mm. And I know it's been tough fixtures. And again, after Newcastle go to Villa, it really does ease up for them. Um, Anyway, we digress. We're talking about Villa, aren't we? Yep. Watkins, as I said, I think might be someone who people have to look at as a possible sacrifice over this little period. Now, the problem is... Every time you look at their fixtures, you won't want to do it. And you know that he is capable of hauling any game. He has gone four without scoring. And that's included some good fixtures in there. Uh, I have no issue with him as an asset. I think he'll continue to be um, you know, consistent and do really, really well. But that's probably to get all those big hitters that we'd said for 25, particularly if the Liverpool double happens. He's probably the one I'll have to let go, I think. So it's just not an immediate... 
Um, but I, but maybe have to, possibly. Yep. Yeah, reluctantly. Everton, no real interest in at the moment. Their fixtures are rough, but I think Jordan Pickford's now kept the most clean sheets in the league this season. So he's on for wow. Golden Glove at the end at the moment. Just yeah, one spot outside tough. the relegation zone and the guy's on for Golden Glove. But I mean, don't forget, 10 points is up to Yeah, where that, would they be? Still, 12th, 13th? Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. That, I mean, the table well, it, it is says, so tight. It says more about the lack of clean sheets throughout the league generally yep. that Pickford's... I mean, I think it's on seven now, which is good. It's yep. really good for a bottom half team. Um, but I think it says more about the teams at the top and the lack of clean Leaky sheets goals. going about at the moment. Yeah, mm. so... Yeah, not a terrible point for Everson. There were a few people who looked quite intense uh, get an early shower yesterday. James Tarkovsky was on one yep. during that game. And the offside decision, Jesus. Like, it's correct. What took three and a half minutes? This is going to be a constant uh, <sighs> constant moan, James. Uh, let's talk about the Manchester United 2, Tottenham 2. We did talk about Desmond being potential score for this or, or goals and uh, ended up being that way. Um, yeah, I want, you're talking about Wolves beating Brighton. God, I would like that because if we can beat Sheffield United, and I know there's a, a couple of what-ifs there, it gives a five-point cushion from sixth to seventh, which is pretty mm. big. All of a sudden. And you'd only be three points behind my team, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to just look at sixth as where we would want to just build a cushion for sixth, really, at the moment. But uh, I, shall, I shall quote the great Bill Nicholson decision and tell you it is better to aim high and fail than aim low and succeed. Yeah, I mean, when you're already well above where you think you're going to be. Uh, but let's see, look, uh, we have a similar problem to you in that attacking talent was very lacking in the sense of no Kulu, no Madison, no Sun. Uh, and these are three of probably your creative, better players. Having said that, Richarlison, you'd say maybe gets into a first choice 11, maybe not. Timo Werner's no mug, even though some people might say so. Brennan Johnson, you play he's no mug, money as long for. as he's not shooting, he's fine. Yeah, and, uh, and so it wasn't like you're left with like 18-year-old kids, but no, you no. are lacking certain talent and definitely certain creativity. And Hoiberg and Skipper's no... Bissumer and Sarr. Listen, so Listen, the, the two of them both played well. Anything outside your back, back five, you were second choice players for a lot of it. So you've got to give yourselves credit for being able to, yeah. to do well this with that. This was the most I'd sweated over a team lineup all season. Mm. I just spent basically from... I spent, to be honest, I spent most of the Everton Aston Villa game searching for Kulazeski news because it was... Uh, it obviously gone round that he was ill on Saturday. Then he'd, he had travelled, we think to Manchester he spotted getting off a coach then on Sunday afternoon it was no nah, they're not going to risk him he's, he's not up to it and you know Ange loves him right Ange doesn't even take him off and with Lo Celso obviously got injured and Madison not quite ready yet he was going to obviously have to play in the the 8-10 hybrid position Um, so seeing he was out and you look at that midfield and you think fucking hell Hoiberg Skip and and Benson Court Benson Court, I really should separate from that conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, don't chuck him in the same. No, same I, 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 lo- I love him. I mean, for me, he was best player on the pitch and deserves man of the match. Brilliant player. Um, what a miss he's been for us, which I think people forget as well because he'd been out for so long. Yeah, what a player he is. But the problem with that three is, in terms of their best position, it's all the same, isn't it? They're all more defensive players, yeah, aren't yeah. they? I mean, yeah. Benson Corps taken a real onus on with, with the goal. And we were having a big debate in terms of what was he going to do? Was he going to play Benson Corps as a six and use the other two as like runners? Or was he going to play Benson Corps as a 10 so that he could try and act as that creative player and have Skip as, as the eight with Hoiberg sitting deep? And what he chose was neither. 
He went to halfway house with Benson Corn, played him as the eight, played Hoiberg as the six. I thought Pierre Hoiberg played really well, actually. And Ollie Skip played as the 10. I mean, it's madness, isn't it? But what Ollie was able to do is obviously he could join Richarlison in that first line of defence and press really well. And actually, he positionally, he linked the game quite well. Like, he's, he's too slow in his execution, but he linked the game quite well. Even on the pass for... Benson calls goal. Skip plays the ball behind Werner. Like it's little frustrations that, yeah. but it's not impacted the, the fact. Quality that just isn't quite there. What, yeah. what do you make of the fact you had your first choice back five, including the goalkeeper? Yes, and Hoiberg's quite defensive. You still conceded a couple of goals here, though. Um, and then watch talking tactics last week. And then Van der Ven's gone off injured so towards the end. So, so she didn't watch talking nah, tactics. Nah. Is he? Is he... I mean, look, you guys give up chances. On the left-hand side specifically, quite badly. Is Van de Ven <laughs> out for a while? We don't know yet. No, cramp, fine. Oh, fine, no okay. Problem. Just a little bit Yeah, he actually should have been... We were saying in the in the pub, like, get him off earlier. You could see he was, he was struggling. But look, he's just come back, right? So... Yeah, and he's a huge boost because obviously with that high line, his recovery is madness. Like, his turn of pace is, is a joke for someone who's so tall. Um, Romero, quite often I speak so much about the distribution and the benefit of him being back, as much as I'd said about Skip's pass to Werner, Romero's pass to Skip is a joke. Um, and Kobe Mino just gets completely taken out of the game, which is not his fault. It's because United have gone to press and overloaded it. Mino is the single pivot, which is what I've said I think Ten Hag wants to do, had a choice in terms of whether to go and cut off the pass to Bentoncourt, get near him rather, or stay with Skip. Now, I know what choice I'd have made. I'd have gone to cover Bentoncourt, which is what he did, but Romero reversed it, and then we're obviously playing through lines. And from our perspective, it was a great goal. It was a really bad one from Manchester United's perspective. One of the things we want to do in FPL is try and get on players early. The fact that he scored two goals and assist in the last three, I don't know if you can call it getting on early. Any thoughts around Marcus Rashford at all? Yeah, for last week, yeah. Well, yeah. But look, he's, <laughs> I think even if you'd have said to me, yeah, he's going to do all right, I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen enough to give me the confidence. But look, he hit the post, he's put one away, he's clearly getting a little bit more confident. Did he hit the post? Uh, Vicario tipped it onto the post, didn't he? From the edge of the box. He took a shot and Vicario tipped it onto the post and it went off. That was a Rashford shot. I've got no recollection of that. Maybe I went for a wee. <laughs> yeah, no, Vicario tipped it and it hit the post. I think Vicario got fingertips on it. We're talking about the same game here, Serge. Rashford, I'm sure. I was, it was in the highlights. He hit the far post in the I first I even half. watched the highlights back last night. I don't remember it. My job, I'd had a couple. I don't recall that at all. Okay, I'm going to double check on Sofa Score now with the shot map. But yeah, uh, please do. Yeah, um, look, it, it goes back to the piece I did last week. Is that Tottenham um, have a real problem with switches from right to the left? It's more emphasised that side rather than the other way, just because I think Udogi is a more imposing player to run at, whereas Poro does tend to back off to the penalty area. Udogi goes and meets things earlier, and that's it essentially. Um, so I think teams are targeting quick switches of play right to left. Um, I mean, Bruno Fernandes, strategically in the game, his role was, I don't want to say smash it over the top, but basically Find as soon as he got it, can you get it into that front three and in behind as quickly as possible? And he did that really well, particularly in the first half. Then he and United tired the longer the game went on. So would Rashford suddenly be back on my radar? Not really. I still see frustrations. It's in, annoying that he's still so expensive, he you know. He's 8.4 still. Look, I'd been saying last week that had I been on wild card last week, I probably would have punted him. 
as a as a real short term as a placeholder for say Mo Salah. I don't think now at this moment that you're probably looking to. I mean, I, I presume people's most look for this week is going to be what's happening with De Bruyne, what's happening with Haaland. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, rather than oh, Rashford's in a bit of form again now. I'm sure some will look at it, but I don't think the fixture runs the greatest. You know, was it? No, it's away just about next? trying to get on someone early, I suppose, more than anything else. This is the one thing that blanks and doubles do, though. They do concentrate your mind, I think, to a small number of of teams, basically. So, I mean, if you didn't have Phil Foden, how are you buying Marcus Rashford over Phil Foden at this moment? Would be the point. Yeah. Can you add Marcus Rashford to that? Yeah, sure. Of course you can. Could you have a midfield right now that was De Bruyne, Foden, Palmer, Rashford? Sure. But you might not want to get rid of Jared Bowen if you've still got... If maybe Bowen might even be back for this weekend. I don't think their fixtures coming up are great from memory, Serge. Uh, no. I know it's Wolves away. They go to Villa a few after that, don't they? West Ham at home. Got us. Luton away and Fulham at home, 25-26 is good. Then they go to City, 27. Sheffield United is probably a likely blank in 29, as it would stand at the moment. Um, they've got a game with Everton in 28. So, no, I just think it was a good match-up for Rashford at the weekend playing against my, my team. So I would have no interest in United assets at the moment. They will be strengthened, obviously, by having Martinez back. I think that really helped him in the last half hour of the game. Rasmus Hoyland, any... any uh... Took his goal brilliantly. I mean, it's a super finish. Um, he's obviously scored in a couple of games now in a row at Old Trafford. That's certainly going to help and improve his confidence. I think people stop talking about the you scored none. He scored against Villa Tottenham now. He scored against two good teams. And the two finishes are both really good finishes. So he'll stay through the team now. I think Garnacho on the right is not as effective as on the left. But it's the same situation for Rashford. And either on the right is still a better scenario for them than playing Anthony there. So... Um, I don't think that will change. I'd still, I'd rather go and get Garnacho than Rashford. Still, just that saving of the money. You use Garnacho as a sub, whatever. That's more the move that's going to be more interesting because then that facilitates your uh, Saka to De Bruyne or Foden to De Bruyne, or if that's the sort of move you're looking at doing this week. So, Garnacho is still the only real United player of interest. Um, what they did quite cute as well. Obviously, Wambasaka played left back. And Varane played left-sided centre-back when you'd probably expect both of them to have been the other way around. And I think a lot of that was to do with Rashford and obviously how far forward Pedro Porro particularly moves from his position. It was trying to leave Rashford higher so they could have that on turnovers um, and defend that side better. So Wambisaka, as we know, is a very good 1v1 defender. I thought both fullbacks played quite well for United, but I thought he particularly was pretty good defensively. And Varane has a better shield there than Evans. I mean... On Tottenham's second equaliser, people criticise on Arna. Evans is pathetic. Yep. It just lets Benson Corse stroll past him. So, Martinez being back as well is going to be a big bonus. Casemiro's close. Mason Mount's close. Luke Shaw, we we thought originally was probably going to play, was absent. Close. They themselves, in fairness, have had injuries and getting players back fit. As are my team about to as well, because we do think James Madison will rejoin full training this week. Nice. And with two weeks till, I say two weeks, it's what, 11 days to the cup game with City. It's another one where he suddenly might be back in the team against Brentford. You talk about getting on players on early. Well, Rashford's already had some returns the last three. You want to get on a player as a differential early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Madison is one to really keep an eye on if he gets good minutes against Man City because he'll go back in. I think what Tottenham will do in the meantime, if he's back, Kulusevski will go back to the right. 
Werner will stay on the left, Richarlison will play up front, it's Johnson would be the one that would lose his place. Unless they want to go proper rogue and play Kulusevski and Madison together with Benson Core behind up. I don't I don't quite see that. I think that would be really, really short term. And I think the balance at the moment would be better with Hoiberg as the six and Benson Core as this Roman eight which I think still get the best out of Porro as well. So, yeah, some good fixtures coming up for Tottenham. Three of the next four are at home. And it might even be that, um, although it would be a blank in 26, it could even be that five of our next six league games are at home, such if we don't play that Chelsea game in 26. And it's Palace at home in 27. So, I wouldn't say it's, it's not too late to invest in Tottenham, but you need the awareness that 26 could well be a blank. And if you've got, you know, Palmer, Gusto, Liverpool players... You know, investing in something like Madison, most people ain't going to be able to do it. But if you're looking at, say, a wild card 26, some might look at that, then that would make Tottenham more appealing. Um, Richarlison, in summary, is much better in games like this. When he has to do more ugly stuff, I thought he was great, Serge. And the less time, basically, if he has no thinking time when he's finishing, he's fine. If he has thinking time, problem. That, where he just gets on the end of a cross, no problem. And he gives Tottenham a, a different threat. Some of them corners Porro put in yesterday. Well, you have just preempted the first question that we're going to get into on the questions that we've had in on the internet. But before we do, I'm going to ask you what we've got this week. I can. Can I just say, though, I thought my team was great yesterday. I was really proud, but also a little tinge of disappointed because I think if we'd have had subs that could have impacted offensively, We'd have, we'd have probably won I think the game. Gary Neville said on his uh, post-match stuff on, on what he does that if you had a full-strength team, you'd have won yesterday. But it, it, felt like, it felt like that, you know, yeah. yeah they were too tired to win the game, I think, unfortunately, in the end. Uh, this week, so uh, People's Poll podcast tomorrow, of which uh, Clayton's going to be joining me for. There will be three options. Vote is live. I will tell you those uh, choices. Uh, FFP, you're going to miss it, so. And if it's slanted to protect the greedy six, I keep hearing this, uh, TV arrangements and a nuisance to fans of late changes. We saw another one last week with Burnley Luton. Less than a week's notice, it's moved the game to a, from a Monday to a Friday. We knew provisionally that could have happened, but why didn't you just put it on a Friday in the first, first place? place yeah. um, and also a, an idea to throw in a Premier League team of the season so far with a little bit of a twist. Max one player per club. Uh, those are your options to vote on. That's available on Twitter. Wednesday will be Sky Fantasy Football. You're joining me for that. Thursday's Clash of Correspondence is Villa versus Newcastle with Lee Jackson and Simon Bibby. Uh, I'll be streaming Friday. I think it's probably going to be 12 o'clock. Ash James. Our patron pods this week are Q&A today. Tomorrow, quiz. quiz. Which Clayton's revenge after yeah, I stitched him up. He's excited about that. Clayton's <laughs> revenge. He was I say uh, I stitched him up last, last week. week. I didn't stitch him up. He stitched, he stitched himself, himself up. up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he'll be joining me for Tottenham Arse this week. So conversation, uh, I think primarily on Arsenal, to be honest, on Wednesday's podcast. Uh, Thursday, money and football. You, do want, you want to do a piece on the rising cost of football stadium? Not even the rising cost, but I think there was some interesting stats, that interesting stuff that came out for the company that owned... Uh, the London Stadium for West Ham and like we're paying four million rent but if you think about what you guys had to invest in your stadium when Sir Jim Ratcliffe took over at Manchester United he's earmarked 350 million for infrastructure re- 
development of Old Trafford, but we know that that is going to basically be like stop gaffer the, tape, stop the leaking <laughs> gaffer route, tape on yeah. the ceiling or something. Um, and there's obviously Everton moving to their new stadium coming up. Um, so yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation to be had around costs of Stadia and also the impact of revenue from Stadia. Uh, Friday's pod will be looking out for we'll be discussing things that uh, to look out for for the weekend but also importantly the fallout of the FA Cup third round replays which includes yourself at tomorrow Bristol night. City tomorrow night tomorrow night which I is don't a, even think I'm going to watch it you know a, why what's wrong with you I, which it's a dangerous fixture Serge yeah with what you might have available or not yeah, available yeah, yeah. which brings me to the reminder which most of our listeners and viewers will already know Please try and take it easy with the early transfers this week. More than any other game week this season, you have got so much to learn. You will learn who might go out in the FA Cup third round. You'll learn who goes through in the FA Cup fourth round. You'll learn the draw for the fifth round, which then increases the probability of projections for blank game week 29. You'll also know who gets to the Carabao Cup final, which will at least confirm who will blank in game week 26. We may get information of a double game week 25. We may even get information of another double. We've still got a Bournemouth-Luton game that's going to go in somewhere. We've got AFCON going on, and it might be that by the time game week 22 comes around that Mo Salah looks like he's on a plane coming home, and he may not be the only one. You've got injuries over the next couple of weeks to get through. Half the teams in the league haven't played yet this game week. Have I missed anything? Oh, the transfer window's still open. Have I missed anything? Nah. Jesus. I mean, look, we could all look at our teams. I definitely want De Bruyne. I just try and wait, please. Yeah, the best laid plans of mice and men, mate. And it might even be that. Like, how do you feel if De Bruyne barely plays at Tottenham in that cup game? Even more like and, he's and gonna Holland, come back. We, we, we need to wait on Holland, don't we? Yeah. Like as I said, I think a lot of people right now will be bust on Alvarez captain, and it might be that he's he's getting sold on mass when we get near that deadline. Scott Forrest says, "If Poro lose, will Poro lose set pieces when Madison returns? And if so, would he be a sell? I don't think he'd be a sell. But you mentioned he's taken." them really well at the moment. Yeah. Would Madison just take him over I, when he I comes can't, back in? I can't recall a game where I felt we were so threatening from corners yesterday. Some of his deliveries, Trent-esque really. Um, should he keep him instead of Madison? I don't know. Do, well, do, not do not we, should he, who cares? Will he? I don't know. I don't, okay. I, I, don't know, I don't know the answer. There's possibly something to be said about using one player or the other against specific teams and the way they set up if you're playing a, a man marking system or a zone or one and a half and a half it might even be dependent on that in terms of who takes your corners and your your free kicks etc um Poro's really stepped up in his creativity levels about Madison there is a school of thought that returning Madison might calm him down a little bit possibly and this problem that's been happening in terms of Tottenham defending on his side might might even as a consequence might even get a little bit better but I don't really want him to change the way he plays um, because we get so much benefit out of where he disappears to in offensive positions we just have to put up with the consequences defensively so to answer your question I'm sorry bottle job I don't know the answer to that uh, FPL blister I think we might need some help with this mate when you and Susan Shark go out for a meal who is the salt bay and who is the Arteta was there oh, a me I saw that explain oh, oh. salt bay's the guy with the yes thing Arteta the, went to his place didn't he in London I don't, I don't know I thought he'd closed it down I don't I, even I, know I don't even know if been. it was in this country okay so Arteta went know. there and what happened there's a cringe video you know what it looks like already innit with Arteta, Arteta sitting there and he's carving his 
carving his fucking meat and it doing his little shit oh, okay. with a and then Otis is just doing what just sitting there watching him sitting do it sitting there like he's a fucking king and it fuck him <laughs> I, <laughs> so horrible I, I really don't like I'd that I'd be the salt bay because I can't be Arteta <laughs> I, I need to see what Arteta I'm trying to think we went for a, a really good kebab we did thank you pre Christmas and I'm trying to think who was carving it and who, we were both we were both eating it yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like that salt base place not that I've ever been I just think it's over it's like thousands most people are going to say can you afford it such yeah, it's yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah. of pounds I can't I, he can I can't nah man not he that can, I can't. Stay, I'll just go down to Aldi and buy them and cook them myself mate um, so we'll both be the Arteta because none of us going to be no the no no I can't I can't can't. <laughs> Sicilian FPO, at what point do you get relegated to watching the football on a tablet or laptop instead of the TV? When, when, ha- when Harry tells me. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that's your life, get used to it. Get used to it. Um, no, I normally strike deals with him. Uh, you know, you can have it here for a few hours and uh, you pick and choose your moments, didn't you? But actually, yeah, I, I, the Friday night game and the two Saturday games I watched on the telly, yeah. So. Sweetheart, who is the greatest professional wrestler? Of all time. Oh, my goodness. I think you'd have to say, if you were to go randomly down the street and say, name me a professional wrestler. People would say Hogan. Hulk, Hulk Hogan would be yeah, the most he, named. Yeah, and he's a racist as well, so I don't want to say that. Giant haystacks. But then that's very British, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, it is very so British. So, Ultimate Warrior for me was, was no, the one. You're naming people who weren't even good technical wrestlers. No, but... Characters. None of the technical wrestlers. None of them yeah, are wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, They're all yeah, 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 acrobats, yeah. James. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Undertaker. say. I mean, Undertaker's my favourite area. Yeah. I, I say him, him. But again, technically, what was the question exactly? Is it technical who wrestler? was the great? Who is the greatest professional wrestler of all time? Yeah, you could say Taker. I think but I'll, I'd throw Shawn Michaels in there as well. Yeah, he, probably, possibly, maybe. Uh, yep. And uh, Colin Johnson, going to be a very interesting when all the big assets return and others are fit. You won't be able to have Trips, Trent, Saka, Sun, Salah, Bowen, KDB, Madison, Holland. You're right. This is it. You've said about sacrificing Trips just when Newcastle were about to have a good positive turn yeah, of fixtures, and I right? I mean, he's just not been returning for a little while. So it's a bit frustrating, really. I, I want you, Serge, um, and I want everybody to do this. Um, and you don't have to follow it. But I think you should all be considering bench boosting in 25. And we'll know more about that in two weeks. We will, by the way, because of the way the dates are for the FA Cup fourth round. I'm assuming, as there's no Monday game, the draw will be made on the Sunday for the fifth round. As long as it is, we will do a strategy pod on the Monday prior to... So basically what we've done, but all updated on Monday the 29th before the game with 22 deadline the next day. Um, and we'll look at that again, I think, as, as an idea. Because I think exactly what I'd said on that chip pod, if you're looking at potentially benching people like Watkins, Porro in game week 25, then I think it needs to be strongly considered if that's the sort of scenario people are going to put themselves in and they might be doing so. I think it just needs looking at. Just look at it now and go, right, project. On FPL team, you can pop in my projected fixtures, which currently would have Liverpool Luton to go in there as well. And just look at what your team would look like in 25 and who your four weakest players would be. And you might find this on. Even like the keepers have got some decent fixtures and stuff in that week, Serge. So, yeah, I'll just advise people. I'm not saying people do it. I'm just saying I think people who are definitely thinking about bench boosting at the end should just consider it as an idea at the moment. And only that, an idea. And you might like it, you might not. 
Last question of the show is Alex. What TV game show would you be best on? We had this in a Patreon the Q&A traitors. a while ago. The traitors. Uh, I was going to mention that because How obviously... How good is the traitors? I've watched episode one with the kids yesterday. Oh, the kids like it. Yeah, they will I think uh, because season one was completely unknown, the problem with yeah. season two is you, they kind of know the but game well, and I how think. they're going to play it. So everyone's gone in with a slightly... It's, it's, it's different when you don't know and everybody doesn't yep. know how things are going to play out. Now everyone's a lot more tactical and strategic and the characters are all still a little bit different. Traitors is pretty good. When it was asked on the Patreon show, I said Blockbusters. So I think I'm going to stick with my original answer, Blockbusters. Gladiators is back. Oh, that would be a good one. I think I might be a little old and rusty for that one, mate, James. But I can see you going up that travelator and falling flat on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe if I was racing jet or something. <laughs> to be honest, I'd take one look at that thing. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> oh mate. Um, yeah, I think the, but the Traitors is good, right? It's great. Are you, are you up to season, episode six? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah like, I've not caught it's, up yet. It's basically the only thing that my wife and I have watched together in about a year. Nah. Uh, so we both like it. I think Traitors is pretty decent. But I'm going to stick with Blockbusters because uh, that was a classic from the, from the good old days when I was there. Uh, Can I have a pee, please, kid. Bob? You can indeed. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Planet FPL. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed and you'll get notified as soon as we go live with another show, which will be tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash Planet FPL. There'll be additional shows, more Q&A, prize leagues, a whole bunch of other stuff over there as well. James's spreadsheet that helps you see out fixtures, particularly useful now with blanks and doubles getting thrown into the mix. Most importantly, look after yourself, stay safe. Don't panic and rush into your transfers. Write down the deadlines in your diaries. Stay safe. Ciao for now. But at the same time, play it your way. Be nice to each other, everyone. Cue music, please. Manchild. The Fantasy Football Show. Podcast Network.